Hello, friend, and welcome to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, higher realms, the mysteries of the universe, and source consciousness. I use hypnosis to get into a deep theta state where I am able to connect to and embody my higher self. What unfolds is a monologue that is dictated by the state of the divine flow as well as any questions I might receive from the human collective consciousness. Enjoy! Hello, my dear ones. This is Maria, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with My Higher Self. Today, we're talking about era elementals. Again, it's part two. There's a lot to talk about. Um, I was able to fit in all the information about the fire elementals into one episode because fire elementals actually there are um while they are extremely high dimensional very often and very sophisticated for the most part they are not uh, the most prominent type of an elemental um there are the least amount of fire elementals on planet earth um then there are um and the most elementals we actually have are the earth elementals so it actually goes from smallest to largest with the fire being the smallest then the air then the water and then the earth um and so as we go down this rabbit hole we may have more and more beings to talk about now let me make a disclaimer i'm not my intention here is not to give you every single air elemental that exists um because it would be quite impossible and we would have to get into the depth and the breadth of classification that I frankly don't think is going to serve you. And so I'm just doing a very high level overview of the ones that I think are the most curious. And we're taking it from there. Yeah. And per usual, we're going to have the time for questions towards the end of this. That's that. Yeah. And as far as the housekeeping items, if you haven't checked out my YouTube channel, you should. This is Maria is the name of it and i know i promised you a q a on youtube it's coming it's coming you guys there may be more than one episode because i got a lot of questions and so i'm not sure how i'm going to fit it into even two videos so we shall see so tune in to this is maria on youtube for more videos Okay, let's dive right in. So we spoke about the wind elementals. We spoke about the air sprites. We spoke about the muses. And the next elemental, in no particular order, that I want to talk to you about are the fairies. Now, the fairy kingdom is an incredibly large kingdom of beings. There are thousands upon thousands of different subclassifications within the fairy kingdom it is fairly robust at one point it used to be one of the better um not just better known but frankly more widespread class of elementals like if we take a single class there were a lot of fairy swans on the face of planet earth now the energies were very different then and the time frame was very, very different. This was the time where very few humans actually existed on Earth, and the ones that did exist were very different. And I shouldn't probably not even call them humans. I should call them humanoid. Uh, yeah, and it was um, kind of like very similar to what you would think of when you read fairy tales. It was the fairy tale land or the fairy tale period. And during that period... Everybody from the elves to the fairies were extremely prominent. Um, and they lived uh, on the face of planet Earth, on the surface, actually, because the energies of the planet Earth allowed for that to happen. Um, now, with the development of the civilization, a lot of things started happening. Um, and the outside of planet earth became extremely unfavorable to some of the let's say gentler creatures um and so fairies actually moved to inner earth and a lot of fairies died out and it was kind of like this 
mass exodus of fairies from for from planet Earth. Some of them migrated to planet Venus. Um, some of them migrated outside of the Milky Way galaxy. And I would say the population of the fairy population of planet Earth right now is about one ten thousandth of what it used to be. So we have only a pocket, um, like a little pocket left um, in inner Earth that is still able to house these creatures. And hardly ever do they come up to the top of the planet. And when they do, they use all kinds of disguises. And the ones that do come up are actually the, the tiniest ones. They're the baby, the baby ones. Now, like I said, fairies are one of the most diverse classes of elementals. Um, they, despite the fact that I classify 100% of fairies under the air element, um, for many reasons, they're very connected with air. Some of them would tell you, <laughs> if you were to talk to them, that they're actually hybrid species. So there are fairies that very strongly identify with water. And they would tell you that they're water fairies. Now, what that means is they're water air fairies. There are fairies that um, define themselves as the fairies of the waterfalls or the fairies of the forest, etc., etc. So there are a lot of earth fairies as well. Like, for instance, the a fairy of the forest would technically be the earth fairy. However, they're always hybrid. So even if um, they may tell you that they're the earth um, elementals, their primary element is still air. So the air is that unifying kind of like umbrella vibration that they all carry and they all have. Um, therefore, a lot of fairies actually bear wings. Not 100% of fairies bear wings, but a lot of them do. There is also, there are whole species of fairies. Um, maybe a good like 75 to 80% of fairies, of fairy types and communities that existed were female only. And that kind of jump-started this myth around the fact that all fairies are women. It is not true, actually. And your male fairies would be very offended if they found out that humanity believes they don't exist. I'm just saying. But uh, the truth of the matter is most fairy communities are female and most fairies would have wings. Now, wings could be retractable. Um, or it could be permanent, right? Um, and some fairies also have shape-shifting abilities. So some fairies can turn into birds or some flying insects sometimes. And um, although I will tell you that those types of fairies are slowly dying out um, on the planet Earth. And essentially what ends up happening is this. Um, when the energies were very different on planet Earth, and, and by the way, the planet Earth used to vibrate at a higher frequency in the past because, you know, some things are cyclical. And it, it was very much by design that we went to 3D. The vibrations at one point were a lot higher. Because of that, there were... Let me rewind. On top of that, there were certain crystals in the crystalline grid of the planet that supported the fairy kingdom very, very well. Um, the types of crystals the fairies respond very well to are pink. So any type of pink crystal uh, is essentially the crystal that supports the life form of fairies. Rose quartz. Um, there, there's a bunch. Um, but they essentially, all of these crystals were, you know, encrusted in the, in the grid of the planet, in the crystalline grid. And when the vibrations of planet Earth were higher, when the Schumann resonance was higher, those crystals were naturally activated by those vibrations. Now that the energies of the planet Earth are lower, comparatively speaking, some of those crystals are not as active as they once were. Because they're not as active as they once were, the certain the, the fairy habitats are becoming scarce, right? And um, because fairies were actually really connected to nature, um, they draw a lot of power from the natural features that they surround uh, or they exist within. Um, and they protect, actually, uh, fairies is a protective species, believe it or not, despite being fragile and frail, they draw their power from the pink crystals. And when the crystals are not activated by high frequency vibrations, what ends up happening is the fairies don't have enough power or don't have enough strength 
essentially, to multiply, to do what they were meant to do, and to thrive, really. So they have to, their population had to dwindle accordingly. Now, we are going through the resurgence of energies. And the good news is once the Earth is fully planted in 5D, uh, the fairy kingdom is coming back big time, you guys. And I could not be more excited because I love the energy that the fairies bring. And um, I will start, you know, I'll, I'll share a, a little bit of why they're so special and why why I love those energies so much. So your fa the fairies are healers. They're planetary healers. But they're generally not healing um they're, they're healing to different natural features and the plant kingdom, right? So essentially when fairies descended on planet Earth, they had a contract to maintain um, nature at a particular level of, um, let, 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 let's say, vibrations or cleanliness or essentially they, they came to optimize um, ecosystems, and so, for instance, if there is a dirty river, or there was a dirty river in the past when the fairies were a lot more prominent, they would uh, settle next to the river or next to whatever other body of water or like a natural feature that was polluted or somehow just wasn't healthy for whatever reason, they could cleanse and heal that whole ecosystem bringing it back to equilibrium and a state of balance. So fairies are sticklers for balance. And so anytime um, the population of fairies um, is high on a planet, those ecosystems tend to be in balance. And then there is always a correlation between the, the decline of the population of fairies on any particular planet and the decline of the health of the ecosystem of that planet. Um, they're always correlated and sometimes... Um, you know, obviously there are underlying factors, like in this particular case, the vibrations just had to change, but, um, it's, it's, it's kind of like, um, it could go downhill pretty fast when, um, when the fairy populations are dwindling. Now, fairies very often, like, right, their predominant purpose was not to work with humans or animals for that matter. Their predominant purpose was to work with the plant kingdom and the natural features, right? So, if the tree was hurting, they could heal the tree. If the flower was hurting, they could heal the flower. Um, if a body of water was hurting, they could heal that as well. They were not originally meant to heal humans or animals or birds or any of that, right? So despite the fact that this is not their primary focus, they can still go out of their way to make it happen if you befriend them. One thing I will tell you is this. The reason there is still so much fairy lore and the reason the archetype of the fairy is coming back full force to planet Earth right now, which it is, by the way, I don't know if you guys realize or not, how do I know that it's coming back full force? It's the interest in the fantasy novels and young adult novels and all of the other things like um, movies, etc., that have fairies in them in one way, shape or form. And there is a resurgence in that. And there are many reasons for that. A, the vibrations of planet Earth are rising. That means that the pink crystals in the crust of the Earth are becoming activated. As part of that, the archetype of the fairy is coming back full force because it wants to be rebirthed. It wants to come back. And it wants to come back in a more refined, in a more expanded, stronger position than ever before, right? So fairies want to become a lot more prominent, right? And so there's, you know, they're, they're feeding that um, movement as well. And enough of you actually are what you guys are experiencing. Your wings are waking up, especially the ones, you know, um, you know, my audience tends to be the more, let's say, awakened people, the, the ones like diving deep, the, the, not your surface level people that, you know, are not interested in working on themselves. Um, a lot of you are light workers, and a lot of you have had a sensation of your wings waking up recently. Mm -hmm. Maybe not so recent, but um, it is a sensation that is familiar to many of you. And there could be two reasons for that. Um, either your connection 
with angels is waking up. Essentially, your, you know, your light bodies are becoming activated and you're remembering how you're connected to the angels. Um, or you are remembering your connection to the fairy kingdom. And those could be the wings that are waking up. And enough of you have had incarnations in the past as a fairy. The likelihood of that is very high for this particular audience. So that's why, you know, just, um, you know, listen in, like listen into what I'm saying, feel into what I'm saying, because you may start getting some memories activated. Ooh, okay. We're totally going to do like a quick exercise towards the end of this to reawaken your fairy memories because it's time. Okay. I'm, I'm loving it. Um, we, we've just gotten permission for something really cool. So I'm loving it. Okay. I wasn't kidding. Enough of you have been fairies before. How amazing. Okay. So fairies range in size from about an inch up to about two times the human size, the human height. However, um, the ones that are about, you know, taller than a human, they're quite rare. About your average fairy is about five feet tall, I would say, give or take. And your average fairy is a female. Now, um, fairies um, are connected to a lot of things, right? Like I said, nature is the number one thing. So they're avid protectors of nature. Um, their heart quite literally hurts when nature is being harmed. So if you found yourself being a little bit of an activist and worried about, you know, where the, the, the future of this planet is going to be from the standpoint of the ecological, you know, disasters and the ice cap melting and all, ice caps melting and all of that good stuff, chances are you may have a strong um, connection with the fairies, you know, or the elves or, or one of these like primordial beings. Um so, you know, that could be uh, one of the potential signs. Uh, but there are others. Um, go going back and kind of like rewinding to um, the fairies a little bit. So the range in size um, and, you know, the ones that are small are mostly called pixies. Pixies are really the children of the fairy community. Um, they are um, regarded by, let's say, the elder uh, fae. Uh, of fairies as, um, yeah, like kids that like to cause trouble. And um, whereas, you know, very often they work, pixies and uh, the fae work very well together. Um, pixies are really, really hard to control. It, it's kind of like the cat is out of the hat and, and they do just whatever they want. And so any records of mischief caused by fairies is most likely pixies. Because um, they're really like divine children that love flying around and, and causing all kinds of trouble. They like hiding things from people. Um, you know, they're they're the ones because they're small. Um, they are the ones that would come up top to the surface of the planet the most. And they like hiding things, but they don't just do that out of being vindictive. Um, actually, when they're hiding things away from you, so it's like tend to lose things. Now, pixies are not the only beings that do that so take this with a grain of salt but sometimes this could be a sign that you are not living in harmony with nature and there's something that is not aligned and so they you know they're trying to call attention and bring your attention to that so they may take something away from you like a generally it's like a physical object like a set of keys or i don't know like just like a, a piece of jewelry like it's a, it's generally small uh the things that they take and very often they would never give it back <laughs> yeah um, okay. The larger fairies, like the, the true fae of the old, live underground right now. They are becoming weaker and weaker, as I said, although the ties are starting to shift. But for now, it's still, it's, it's kind of like, depending on which pocket a fairy you look at, some of, of those, um, I don't want to call them tribes, but groups of fairies are completely in their dormant phases right now. So essentially, um, there is a way for fae to go into a, a sort of um, an, a, um, like an abiotic state where they're just, it's like a dormant state where they, they go to sleep and, you know, their vitals are, they just stop. 
And when the energies of the planet, or if, shall I say, the energies of the planet um, are beginning to shift favorably, those beings are going to be awakened. So you have whole groups of fairies that are kind of like in, um, they're, they're asleep, kind of like in the Sleeping Beauty <laughs> uh, story. They're, they're, they're asleep and there's nothing that can do to awaken them outside of um, the rising of the energies. And some fairies are existing, um, not in the dormant state yet, but their vitals are very slow. So their movements are very slow. Um, they're very frail and their power because of that is very small. And so they're not always able to perform the functions that they're, um, they have to be able to perform. One thing I will tell you with fairies is they are, one thing they're, they're good at at this point in time, um, the ancient fae. And by the way, the ancient fae, they live forever. Like the fae that are alive, some of the fae that are alive right now in the inner earth have been around for like over a hundred thousand years. Um, so they're quite old and they remember a lot. And then they've kind of gone with the ebbs and the flows of this planet. But um, one thing that has remained true is fairies are incredibly good at manufacturing a particular type of energy when they're in, in full power. And those are the energies of the pink spectrum. So they amplify those energies and they are also able to take other energies, suboptimal energies, let's say darkness or blackness, and transform them into pink. These pink energies are the same energies that dwell in your higher heart, in your thymus area, um, that I have mentioned in my past episodes a time or a dozen. So essentially, the fairies, they're essentially probably one of the most important commissions on any planet they go into, and the Earth is no exception, is to manufacture the energies of the higher heart and transform suboptimal energies into the energies of the higher heart. And that is their service to the world. Now, the issue with the fairy kingdom is that they have pockets of that energy accumulated underneath the crust of the planet Earth. But however, at this point in time, they don't have the ability or the strength to bring that energy to the surface in the quantities that they need. So one thing that is coming through right now and that I would like to tell you is that if you feel called to do some planetary work, this may be your opportunity because the fairies that have created this pink pockets of energy underground are looking for beings that would be able to transmit these energies and bring them and anchor them onto the surface of planet Earth to help with the next stage of ascension of our planet. So if Whatever I'm telling you right now is resonating with you. And if you would like to help out, this is what you could do. You would get into a meditation and you would imagine that there is a portal that connects you, your body. A portal almost feels like a bridge of white light um, that connects you, your body, and, you know, essentially outer earth to inner earth, specifically the fairy kingdom, right? And you would want to connect to one of these pink pockets of energy. Like when you close your eyes, it's going to feel like it lives under the crust of planet Earth and it looks very, very pink. So you would connect your bridge by just bringing your awareness to this issue. You would connect your bridge of white light to that pocket of pink energy. And then you're going to essentially um, ask the fairies for permission you know, to join in their cause. And if the permission is granted, you may take and almost like suck that pink energy up the white tube um, and, you know, bring it to the surface of planet Earth. And as you're bringing and transferring that energy, it's almost like an oil pipe. I don't know if that's a good analogy uh, or like a gas pipe where gas is moving up. It's kind of the same thing. You want to like move that pink energy up the pipe from the inner Earth to the outer Earth. And when that is happening... You just want that energy to be able to accumulate into pink clouds. And then let, let that energy accumulate into pink clouds and then let the wind take care of it. Let the wind just carry it away. And you may even imagine as whatever is the area of planet Earth that needs the energies of the higher heart, that needs the energy of the fairy magic, you can imagine that this pink cloud is traveling up to that space. And then there is pink rain 
that is created from that cloud. And that pink rain is penetrating, you know, every single area of, of, of that place that needs help and healing with the higher energies of the fairies. And yeah, I wasn't going to tell you this, but the fairies really wanted help. And so I had to. And so I hope that, I mean, A, this probably means that there are at least a few souls that are meant to do this work of, of the ones that are going to listen to this episode. And if you're such soul, I commend you and just know that you're going to be doing really, really great work for the collective and the fairy kingdom. And chances are you are connected. If this is resonating with you, you are already connected to the fairy kingdom. And because those fairies live forever, it could be your, I don't know, daughter or great, great daughter, granddaughter that is doing, you know, th that is creating that pink energy underneath the planet Earth. And you are already here. And it's almost like a familial tie. Anyway, I just felt compelled to tell you this. Now, um, so fairies also work with the crystalline grids of the planet. Uh, you know, so they, they work with a lot of quartz of all kinds. Smoky quartz, crystal quartz, pink quartz, all the quartzes. Like they really are naturally in tune with those energies. They also work with Lemurian crystals a lot. So um, they're helpful in resetting the energies of the planet. Uh, quite well. Also, if you feel called to help the fairies kind of like start waking up, you can send some of your energy or some, or some of the beautiful energy of the universe, like some white light to the fairy kingdom so they can start waking up and so they can start using that energy to wake up and, and fuel themselves so they can start healing this planet. That could also be another thing that you, you could do if you're interested. Now, um, fairies are actually incredible teachers as well. So, um, now we're going back to a little bit of like, what's in it for you, right? Not just planetary work. Fairies are incredible teachers. So they can teach you about the plant, the plant kingdom, about herbs, about foods, um, about flowers. You know, they can help you make flower essences and give you all kinds of recipes for herbal remedies and alternative medicine. So they're healers, they're natural born healers. They're also incredible if you're looking to raise your vibration. Getting yourself a fairy that lives in inner earth as a spirit guide could be one of the best investment in your, you know, on your spiritual journey because they can really help optimize your energies because when I say healers, I mean, they're, they're heal, healing, not just on the physical level, they're healing on the etheric level, all of the areas, right? All of the levels, right? So you could connect with them. And if you're feeling suboptimally during a meditation, your fairy would come to you and work on your body as your own personal healer, as healer, as your own personal flavor of magic that is unique to you. And they're incredibly effective in creating instant shifts in your energy, in your mental body, in your emotional body. They're just fabulous like that. Fairies are also really, really good at storytelling and craft and dance. So they can be a patron as well, kind of like the muses. They can also help harmonize things in your life. Meaning, bring things to balance and equilibrium. They can help you build more harmonious relationships, more harmonious communities, cities, etc., etc. It can also help work with your vocal cords to align your communication so that it becomes healing as well, right? So they can share the magic of their air element so that your air that comes out of you and goes inside of your body becomes a healing modality, a healing element in and of itself. So that is also the magic of the fairy. Uh, fairies are really good telepathic communicators. And because they're right here in our vicinity, they could be a really, really good group of folks to be able to practice your psychic abilities. Fairies are also really good fortune tellers. Although now I said fortune tellers and now I kind of want to make it, take it back because they're really, they don't read your fortune. They see the future. So fairies exist in this interesting 
space where they can experience time, but they also exist outside of time. Therefore, they live such long lives. And when they choose to live, they don't just die because of old age, because there's no such thing as old age. They die when their mission is complete, when their journey is over, um, when they don't feel like there is anything else for them to learn or give or receive or contribute. And so they actually just dissolve from there. And yeah, because of that, they're really good at helping you access your past and access your future. And by the way, they don't even have to go up to the Akashic Records to, in, or, in order to be able to do that because essentially be, they can step outside of the time continuum and see everything in the present. And so you could use fairies uh, or leverage fairies to help you get some answers about the future if they're so inclined. They also, because they're naturally connected to all kinds of magic of the water and the earth and the air, like essentially all of the natural magic, they could start sharing that with you via practices and custom meditations. And they also hold on to a lot of artifacts um, that are actually natural objects that have magical powers. So like, I don't know, a pine cone with some kind of special, you know, unique abilities, et cetera, et cetera. And they could start sharing those with you, or maybe they would let you borrow some. And they also have very beautiful crystal magic as well. So receiving a personal protection crystal from the fairies could be very, could be a unique gift. Last but not least to mention about fairies is there are amazing protective spirits. So they may share some of their auric protection with you if you build a relationship with them. And again, it's a voluntary thing that they do. But if they like you, they may choose to do that. They may choose to protect you from harm, right? They're very powerful protection, protective spirits, despite the fact that they're come across as quite fragile. But again, they're very beautiful healers um, and they could be very fierce protectors. Okay, moving on. I'm going to say something right now that may blow your mind. I don't fully know, but that's where we get into the zone of confusion. And I wanted to address the zone of confusion. There are two beings that are considered air elementals that enough of you are going to never, that, that you guys would never ascribe to an air elemental. And they are butterflies and dragonflies. I know. I know. I know you guys are used to thinking of them fair and square in the, you know, in the insect arena. So if they're physical, how come they're also air elementals? And what does this mean? And, you know, I kind of anticipated all those questions. Um, so here's the deal. Sometimes, right, when a very prominent kingdom like the fairies is starting to lose its power, it chooses to transform into another being or into something. Essentially, they, they, they choose to shapeshift. Remember how I told you that some of them are shapeshifters? So shapeshifting abilities run really strong in some failing ages. And so when they were new that they were about to be dormant, they didn't want to completely go to sleep. They had options. And some of the fairies chose to remain on the face of planet Earth as the planet Earth was going through its perturbations and its trials and tribulations, which is where we are right now. And so they decided to stay in the form of butterflies and dragonflies. And so essentially part, like what happened was a soul split, right? One fairy um, could have split her soul into like a million butterflies. I'm not saying that that's the general rule, but it what you know, it, it what what could have happened, right? And what did happen in certain instances. And so right now, 
Essentially, almost 100% of butterflies and dragonflies that you come across are energetically, their vibration is the same as the fairy kingdom because soul energy of fairies lives instead of butterflies and dragonflies. So when you're connecting with butterflies, or if you're seeing a lot of butterflies, or if you're seeing a lot of dragonflies, if these beings feel comfortable being around you and even sitting on you or somehow interacting with you, again, this speaks to an incredible connection with your fairy kingdom. Now, um, some of the fairies that are active right now in inner earth choose to come and incarnate almost, or like split a portion of their energy to incarnate as a butterfly or a dragonfly for a very short period of time or a cycle of incarnations. And the reason they would do that is because that is their only way of getting to the outer earth right now. Um, the energies here are quite dense, so they actually feel quite uncomfortable coming here in their uh, etheric form and like carrying their full bodies here feels actually quite uncomfortable for them. It's like being in an extremely toxic environment. They cannot survive here for that long. And so for so long. And, and so they don't take to make the, the, they don't tend to make the trip. Because of that though, they had to design a way to be able to come here temporarily because fairies are extremely wise and they understand that they go you know, down with the rest of the planet if the planet goes down, right? That we're all one ship, so to say, and we're going to succeed or fail together. And so they are doing whatever they can, given what the energies are. And one type of service that they render is by incarnating as butterflies and dragonflies. Um, you know, Outside of, let's maybe set aside the spiritual meaning of the butterflies and, and um, the dragonflies. Each of these beings um, is an ecosystem harmonizer, just like the fairies. So places with a lot of butterflies tend to be um, higher frequency, higher energy, uh, feeling more angelic, right? And so... Very often, butterflies would raise the vibrations of any place that they frequent where they live. And the same is true for dragonflies. The main difference between dragonflies and butterflies is um, dragonflies tend to be the nobility of the fairy. And butterflies tend to be a little bit of everyone. Uh, so it could be noble, it could be not. But a dragonfly is actually a sacred, sacred insect to the entire fairy kingdom because that is the vehicle that their royalty and very, very high nobility uses to come to planet Earth, the outer Earth, to do the work that needs to be done. And fairies, you know, even when they're royalty, um, they don't really, there's no, no sense of pride or entitlement. They, they work just, you know, alongside, like their queens work alongside everybody else. So they're quite humble from that regard. Although maybe humble is a little bit of a stretch. I don't know that I would call fairies humble as a class, to be honest. There are you know, a lot of other things. Humble may not be it. But they're humble in the sense that they don't shy away from work. And so there are two types of work that uh, these creatures are able to do. Harmonize and raise the frequencies. And reweave the energetic network of the planet. So there are multiple grids that exist on planet Earth at any given point in time. We talked a lot about crystalline grids. We talked about ley lines. But there are more subtle energy grids as well that exist and are interwoven through the air. And so the fairies and their byproducts in the form of butterflies and dragonflies are actually extremely well positioned to be able to reweave, reset, recalibrate, and jumpstart again all those air grids of the planet. So essentially, they're working on harmonizing the air of planet Earth. Yeah, that is really the true significance of, you know, butterflies and dragonflies. 
you wouldn't be able to tell that. And part of the way that they like one of the vehicles, for instance, that the butterflies are, are using are the flowers. So the flowers are extremely well connected to the fairy kingdom. In fact, of all the plants, it's the flowers that fairies love the most. That's why sometimes fairies also um, come in the form of flowers as well. So a lot of fairies are choosing to currently incarnate as roses. Um, some fairies are, are choosing to incarnate as lotus flowers. Uh, some fairies are coming as daisies. Um, now, of course, um, there are the, the, the drawback of being a flower is you don't get to move around. And so uh, that's why they also come as butterflies, which are kind of like flowers that move. They kind of like look like flowers that move. And so in between the flowers and the butterflies, what happens is those grids are being rebuilt. Those air grids, uh, air pathways that are healing, harmonizing, and cleansing the air are being built. And that's why it feels like butterflies are flying from a flower to a flower to a flower. But really, they're just connecting the grid. Um, almost like the spider would weave its web. Uh, they're kind of doing that same thing, only that what they're weaving is actually invisible. Um. And, you know, very often, um, even in the butterfly form, for instance, because it's, you know, it's a pretty active process, um, the weaving of the web and the weaving of, of those pathways is a labor-intensive process. So butterflies don't live very long at all. Um, dragonflies don't reweave the web in the same way. They very often are overseeing the process. They're in charge. And they are taking measurements of the ecosystems so really they're here it's almost like when um when um you guys have to take the temperature you know there's a device that measures your temperature so the dragonflies have a little bit of that capacity as well you know they would get birthed born in a particular area and they would be able to take measurements by just you know kind of like flying around and sitting down holding steady holding quiet you know as they are sitting on a particular I don't know, they may, it may be a stone, a tree, like they, they take frequent stops. And the reason that they take frequent stops is not because they can fly forever, but because they're trying to, they're taking measurements and that takes time. And then they pass that on to the fairy kingdom. I don't know if I just blew your mind. Actually, I know I did just blow your mind because now you're like, okay, so now elementals can be physical. What's up now? Are the birds are also elementals? The answer is no, the birds are not elementals. The birds are just birds. They're physical creatures. And frankly, the butterflies and the dragonflies are the big exception to the rule, not the rule. The last air elemental that I'll tell you about is a pegasus. Obviously, you guys probably know the pegasus is a horse with wings. The pegasus are not dissimilar to dragons. <laughs> Sorry, I just got a whiff from the collective of like, Sorry, go again. What? How is a horse similar to a dragon? Um, there's a reason, I promise. Here's the reason. Do you remember how when I told you about dragons, I told you that dragons really are amazing at building portals and going through portals? Um, a pegasus would have a similar type of property, although not quite the same. Um, your um, Most of the peg pegasus, I might be butchering the word, but... I think you're catching my drift. Most of them live between um, in, in actually 5D and 7D, uh, but they have a, a capability to come to 3D as well. And um, essentially, they can take you um, to a 5D dimension or 7th dimension, to 5th dimension, 7th dimension. They can take you to the 4th and the 6th as well. And we haven't gone too deep into dimensions, but there's not a lot that's going on in dimensions that are even numbers, like four, six, eight, like 10. Those dimensions exist. There's just not a lot that's going in there, that's going on there. Those are almost like the technical aspects of the matrix. And um, yeah, very often it, those are kind of like the maintenance the zones of the sandwich, um, not the meat of the sandwich, but the the, the bread <laughs> for the sandwich. So there's not a lot that's going on there. Um, there are certain elementals that just live exclusively in those dimensions. And there are certain beings that maintain the integrity of the matrix that also live there. But the main things really happen in the dimensions that are odd numbered. 
So three, five, seven, nine, eleven. And the twelfth dimension is really the either infinity or the jumping off point into the next hierarchy. And, and then you start from zero again, uh, or arguably from one to twelve. Um, so that's also a technical dimension because it's a portal into the new vertical. Um, that was a tangent, you guys, but it's helpful to, in order to be able to understand the, the Pegasus. Um, the Pegasus can take you to 5D and 7D. Why would you want that? The healing is a lot faster in higher realms. So uh, you can go there for the healing. You can go there to receive certain gifts from higher dimensional beings. Um, there are a lot of meeting spots in 5D and 7D with your guides. And there are a lot of sacred places for you to visit in those dimensions. So the Pegasus can open a lot of doors for you. If, again, if you take the time to build that relationship. Pegasus, um, the, they're very gentle creatures. They are very smart. Um, they have very big hearts. So if you're trying to connect to a Pegasus... Um, you would do that via the heart space, which is not similar to the dragon. Only with the dragon, you also, I mentioned, you want to connect with your third eye. With the pegasus, just the heart is enough. So it's a heart-to-heart -heart connection. And, um, you know, they, it is a heart species, right? The pegasus, um, they, they have rank uh, depending on the color of their wings. So your top ranking ones are white-winged, or golden-winged or silver-winged. Those are your higher um, frequency. But then you have essentially every color of the rainbow. Um, if you're looking to meet your Pegasus, um, there... Uh, let me explain. You can enlist the Pegasus to be your buddy, your friend, your guide. You're not... One is not assigned to you or one doesn't pledge allegiance to you unless you ask. It's not like your guardian angel and it's not like your dragon when by default or where by default you already have that connection pre-baked. This is not one of those instances. If you want to work with the energy of the Pegasus and if you want to have one as your spirit guide, you're going to have to work hard at it. Maybe not hard, but you're going to have to intentionally make it happen. There is a place in 5D where you can actually, you know, when you can get to with the help of a Pegasus in a meditation, right? You would just need to invite a Pegasus to take you or to transport you to the place or the Pegasus land. And they would take you to a meadow with a bunch of these winged horses, right? A bunch of these Pegasus. And you would stand in the middle of that meadow and you would invite your own or like the, the Pegasus that has something special for you or would love to work with you. You would, you would invite that Pegasus to come forward and you definitely want to pay attention to the color of their wings and you want to ask their name, et cetera, et cetera, and get to know that being. But essentially, that would serve as their commitment to guiding you, to being around, to coming at, at your beck and call, all of the good stuff, right? So, um, and then, of course, from there, it's still the onus is on you to build that relationship and nurture it, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, do the things that you said you're going to do and all the good stuff, right? But this is how you would knit your own Pegasus. All right. Cool. One thing that I promised you we would do is an activation for your fairy DNA or your fairy heritage. This is going to be really quick. And by the way, this is the type of activation that again, I did not know that we were going to be doing today, but I'm doing this in the flow. And this is what wants to come through. And not only that, but we're getting an invite from the fairy kingdom to do that, which again tells me that enough of you are missing certain links, certain knowledge, certain memories, certain connections, certain energies from those lives and that space. So why don't you close your eyes with me or you can come back to this meditation at a, at a later time because, you know, you really don't want to be doing this in the middle of the day. You really want to probably do this in the morning or, you know, in the evening when your head is reasonably clear. And so just you want to start with the deep breaths. 
And then just, you know, close your eyes. And this is going to be a very short trip, but very effective. And so I want you to imagine that you are standing in the meadow and the meadow is covered with green grass and all manner of flowers. There are flowers of every kind in there, white flowers and yellow and pink, and they're all are blooming and blossoming all at the same time. And the air is filled with a wonderful, sweet fragrance of these flowers. And the warm sun rays are shining and the warm summer breeze is blowing and it's just a pleasant, pleasant day. And now I want you to imagine that right in the middle of this meadow, there is a large, large crystal, a rose quartz crystal. And it looks it looks like a plate. So it has like uh, the edges that are quite flat, right? So it's almost like rectangular in shape, like a brick. And so you start walking closer to this rose quartz crystal. And it's quite large. So you walk up to it. And you notice that the closer you're getting to that crystal, you're starting to see the writing on the crystal. There are some words that are etched straight into this crystal. And they look like hieroglyphics, but also something very familiar at the same time. And you don't know what it says, but you know this is a very very important crystal for the entire kingdom of the fairies. This is their sacred crystal. This is the crystal that is responsible for calling in and birthing the race of fairies on planet Earth. And I want you to notice how this crystal is becoming activated again, simply by the act of sun shining upon its surface. And so as the sun rays are penetrating this beautiful crystal, it's starting to light up from within. And you're noticing that the letters and the little hieroglyphics and the symbols on the face of the stone are becoming illuminated as if an ancient language is coming to life and starting to vibrate. And so I want you to approach this stone and I want you to hold your palms out in front of you and place them on the surface of this beautiful rose quartz crystal straight above the writing. So make sure that your hands are straight above the writing and feel the etching of the symbols underneath your fingers. Feel the, the coolness of the stone and the edges of the hieroglyphs. You may get a tingling sensation in your fingers or your palms or another part of your body. And that is completely fine. That is exactly what is meant to happen. If you don't feel anything, that's fine also. It doesn't mean that it's not working. Everything is unfolding exactly how it's meant to. And now, I want you to imagine that the beautiful stone, now that it is emanated by the sun, is starting to emanate, emanate the codes the pink codes of light straight into the palms of your hands. And it's like a download that's happening. The information is being uploaded to you and onto you inside of your light bodies, inside of your brain, inside of your heart. So just receive the codes and receive this activation and allow it to happen naturally.
you may notice that your crown chakra is starting to buzz a little bit. There is a movement that's created in your crown center and it's starting to light up pink. And then you may notice that your higher heart is becoming activated with the pink energies and it's almost like there is a vortex in there. It's starting to swirl and twirl and pulsate with this beautiful pink light. And all of the meantime, all these codes are being transmitted over to you and you're accepting and receiving them. And now I want you to imagine that these pink coats are going straight to the back of your body, right around your shoulder blades. And they're activating a set of wings. It may be two sets or three sets or even four sets of wings. So these wings are beginning to manifest and show themselves. And if they're fairy wings, they're most likely transparent. And they have this intricate pattern that almost looks like it's made out of the rainbow and it's beautiful. Almost looks like a soap bubble pattern somehow. And those wings are beautiful and you're starting to flap them back and forth, feeling their weight, which is extremely light and remembering. And now this pink energy is going straight into your hair and penetrating your hair from root to the tip. And you remember that every hair that you have is an antenna. It is both giving and receiving information. And not only are your hairs the antennas, but they are also your protection. And they can build and create a protective field around you that is very unique to fairy. And it looks like a pink fluffy cloud. So allow your hair to be activated. You may notice for some of you, not all of you, that your hair is beginning to change color. Is it pink? Is it violet? Is it blue? Pay attention because that will tell you what kind of fairy you are if you were a fairy. And by the way, if you have been drawn, if you considered coloring your hair, or if you just love people with beautifully colored hair, like pink or light blue, that does tell you that you're connected to the fairy kingdom and so receive the codes and also as the codes are being passed on to you there is a flower that emerges at first it emerges kind of like just floating up in the air somehow right in front of you and then that flower is starting to grow right underneath your feet as you're taking in your fairy power. What is this flower? Do you know it? Can you recognize it? What color is it? This is your fairy flower. Fairies are connected to flowers on a visceral level, at the DNA level. So this flower is your special flower that is going to help harmonize your world, bring you better relationships, bring love and light into your life. And it can serve you in more ways than that even. So remember and memorize what this flower is so you can look up its symbolism later. And so you can start integrating that into your real life once you come back from this meditation. Whether just growing these flowers or buying them or drawing them, you know, whatever that is, you can only benefit from the relationship with your fairy flower. And so now take in the last few batches of the codes that are being uploaded and notice that there is like a pink cloud that is starting to emanate and detach from the top of your crown chakra. And this pink cloud is going up from the top of your head by a few inches almost like a halo of sorts, but it's a pink cloud and it is just staying there. 
now. I want you to know that in the next few days, you would start unpacking these downloads that you have just gotten. Some memories may come back to you or some wisdom and just some deeper knowing. A commission may come to you from the fairy kingdom, an artifact, a magical ability, or just, you know, energies and healing and help from the fairies. You have activated the fairy connection and some of your fairy DNA. And the fairies are going to be on your side from this day forward. All right, you may come out of this meditation and open your eyes. And also in the next couple of days, watch the symbolism. The fairies may send you signs in nature because they are telepathically com connected to anything in nature. So any birds, anything that's, you know, animals even. Um, if it feels like the universe is sending you a symbol. It may be the fairies trying to reach out. So pay attention and write down the symbols. And, you know, um, it, it may be actually beneficial for you to start like a short list of symbols and what they mean and, and trying to figure out, you know, what each of the symbols that you see symbolizes in your life. Or, you know, it is like a long-term project potentially, but it could be quite interesting. And um, once you, and since you have established the relationship with the fairy kingdom, you may notice that those symbols are just accelerating and they're everywhere. So it may be interesting to pay attention to what they actually mean and create a little diary for yourself. All right. Well, there are so many more air elementals that we could be talking about. I wanted to tell you about these, you know, mostly fairies, butterflies, dragonflies, and the pegasus. So that can start building relationships with them i wanted to see if there is if there are any questions from the collective to me in relationship to anything that i've shared in this episode i am ready to receive the question the question is how else can i work with fairies and also i'm concerned that these fairies are dormant so am i going to bother them okay the good and the bad news is if the fairy is dormant there's no way you're waking the fairy up so don't worry about disturbing them. If you start interacting with the fairy kingdom, you're only going to start meeting the fairies that are currently active to some degree, right? So don't worry about being afraid to um, somehow disturb them. How can you work with the fairies? Very often it's an energy exchange, right? You may ask somebody from the fairy kingdom to heal you. It could be a physical ailment or anything else. You can ask them to cleanse your energies, if you've been, I don't know, um, sad or like experiencing a, a negative emotion, or if you're experiencing a toxic thought pattern, they can help with all of that because they're really, really good at absorbing negativity and turning that into pretty pink energies of the heart. So you can always give them the darkness of this world, including your own, and enlist their help in giving you back the pink and giving you back. And the pink energy just feels so good and so nurturing it's, it's just hard to compare. So you can work with the fairies that way. Um, you can ask them for artifacts or some other magical aids on your journey. That's another way. Um, you can... Um, fairies are really good storytellers. Um, they also are really, really good at uh, like remembering history, like the true history of planet Earth. So they can tell you about that. And like I said, fairies are really good at all kinds of natural remedies. So they can tell you what herb goes with what herb for what purpose and how you need to gather it and collect it and dry it down and dry, you know, just what kind of mixture you need to create. So they're really, really good like that. And they can also advise you on the food intake as well, specifically for your body because they're that, you know, that natural and that intuitive. And then you can also establish particular signs with them. For instance, you can be like, okay, fairy. Um, because I know that you're connected to the natural, natural world. Can you please send me like a white bird every time things are going great? Like if the answer is yes. Um, can you send me the black bird if the answer to my question is no? You know, and you can kind of like 
create these types of agreements with the fairies and start getting communication. Another thing that fairies are really good at is the dreamscape. So they are really good at potentially optimizing your dreamscape. If you know have nightmares, they can assist with that. They can help interpret your dreams and they can even help ev- invoke certain dreams. Um, if you're I don't know, if, if you want to be dreaming of some things and not others, you could ask the fairy kingdom for help. But honestly, it's so limitless and the sky's the limit and there are no right or wrong answers. And so I encourage you to go straight to the source instead of going, going through the middleman because in this instance, I'm the middleman and you really don't need me to connect to the fairies. And, you know, that is like opening up a whole new world of possibilities. There's so much you can do with the fairies. They can help connect you to the planet Venus because they have a natural connection with the planet Venus. Um, so if, if that's of, of interest, uh, they can help there as well. But honestly, the list is endless. All right. Um, one last question from the collective. Anything in regards to what I said earlier today? The question is, if I'm already connecting with the dragon, do I also need to connect with the Pegasus? The answer is, why not? But it's also up to you. They are very different elementals. The Pegasus is going to bring the, the, the power of the air. The dragon is going to bring the power of the fire. Ideally, it's, it's not either or. They're very different beings. They're motivated by different things. Um, very often, um, you know, the, the number one value for dragons is wisdom. Again, this is an overgeneralization, but they're true collectors of wisdom and knowledge. Whereas the Pegasus really care about communities and people and relationships. And so if you're looking for the teacher of esoteric arts, I would go with a dragon. If you're looking to understand how energy works, I would go with a dragon. If you're looking to understand how to find your twin flame or your soulmate, or how to have a better relationship with your sister-in-law, or how to create a cohesive group of women to gather every Saturday to have a book club, or how to build a business, actually, around people, like an event planning business or something, the Pegasus is your energy. The dragon is going to be quite hopeless, you know, in in, in helping you build phenomenal relationships with with humans. So it, it actually depends on what the purpose is. All right, my darlings, I hope this was helpful. I didn't realize we were going to go so deep with the fairy kingdom and you guys were going to get an activation, but hey, you were meant to. And that gives me tremendous hope. I'm sending you so much love. I'm giving you all a virtual hug and I will see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please visit thisismaria.com for more insights and offerings from Maria and Sergey. It is T-H-I-S-I-S-M-A-R-I-Y-A.com. We hope to see you in future episodes.